Ted, did you have a happy holiday? Yeah, I did. Um, we watched The Princess and the Frog, so I've now watched all the Disney movies I give a shit about. And we can do our Disney well, the, episode, but not today. The animated ones. All the animated ones, yes, yes. It was it was a good it was a good holiday weekend. I started playing a Hellblade, uh Sinuous Sacrifice from like six years ago. I got a free copy of that, I wanna say two years ago, and then never like never installed it. So finally I was like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm gonna do? I'm gonna play some video games, I got some tam off. That game is fine. I feel like there's hey. things I really like about it. <laughs> And then there's things I really don't like about it. So it kind of washes out. I'm almost I'm like halfway through, I hope. I don't want it to be more than six hours long, Cameron. Oh, uh, that reminds me, too, that... Uh, do you remember that Alien game came out where it's like an ARPG or something? Yeah, I'd heard interesting things about that one. Yeah, I got it for free on PlayStation. Oh, okay. Uh, so I do want to make time to try it, because it's like, if it's in my library, I might as well, you know? Yeah. But also... Like, I sit down, and it's like, what do I want to do? I know, I'm going to play something from, like, 2003 real quick. Sure. <laughs> I play so few video games that even, like, putting three hours into Hellblade feels kind of like an accomplishment. Like, I did it. I played a video game. Yeah. There's more I want, because we had the Steam sale. I think that's going to be over by the time this goes up. I haven't bought anything because I'm like, no, I got to play the stuff I bought at the last Steam sale. I don't want to keep collecting games. There's no point. Yeah, I've got a short backlog and it's like uh, even games I want to play. Like I could I could have spent all day today playing Fortnite, but instead I like put it in AFK mode. (laughs) I just I turn on the Lego mode and just let it run. And technically it builds XP. So I just like had that running on the TV in the background while I was like working on Blender. And it's like, I've been doing that. I've gotten my uh, my battle pass level up to 70. And I have barely played this whole season. I've just been, like, exploiting the, the Lego mode. And it's just funny because I have friends that are also into Fortnite. And they'll check in with me and say, oh, dude, I saw your level 50. Dude, we got to do something. It's, oh, yeah. No, yeah, we'll, we'll play soon. And I haven't, like, played at all this entire season. The fact that you can just, like, AFK and have the game running and, like, get rewards is so weird to me. When did... Video it, games are they're strange now. Like, I feel like they turned it, into it a is, thing I don't get anymore. There's I'm a lot of old. that. There's a lot of, uh, what's the... Oh, boy, what was it? Um, The, uh, the new Wolverine game. Did you see that leak? No. There was a big leak at Insomniac. And it includes a playable build of the Wolverine game that they haven't showed anything of. Oh, I think I saw some of that on Twitter and it looks like shit, but it's like an early build with like, you know, placeholder graphics. So, well, I'm less concerned with the graphics. It's more like the the fact that the the gameplay loop seems to be Spider-Man. Where there's a lot of like climbing on roofs and you have an inventory system and you craft gadgets which are things I don't associate with Wolverine. Yeah, I was going to say, things I associate with Wolverine, not not climbing or crafting gadgets. He's a bit more of a so, tank. Yes. So I'm looking at this like gameplay footage of like, well, here's how you craft your uh, smoke grenade, and you here's the tutorial on how to use it. And I'm just thinking, like, I'm sure that this is being made for someone, but I'm not touching this at all. Sure. I don't understand. 
I don't think it's people that have ever read a Wolverine comic. I don't know if I've ever read a Wolverine comic. So maybe it's for me. No, oh, maybe. I won't I won't play it. Hellblade is like half a walking simulator with like fight mechanics randomly. And there's like hmm. puzzles. And I didn't know it was going to be puzzles. And a lot of it's like, here's a rune. You got to find the runes in the environment to open the door. I'm like, why does that open a door? It doesn't make any sense. Why can't I just open the fucking door? I have hands and a sword. And then I got to go around and I find the stuff. But like my patience level for that is really low. And so if it takes me more than like five or ten minutes, I'm just like, hey, YouTube, where is this thing? What a world. Yeah. Yay, video games. Yeah, yay, video games. Oh, I wanted to do an update, because last episode we talked about vitamins and being healthy. And uh, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like some of the stuff I said about fiber and fiber supplements was wrong. Take them or don't, but, you know, maybe don't do the max that's on the bottle unless you really think you need it, because, boy, I, I, I up mine and I got I got really constipated, like... Like, real bad, and, and I don't, I'm not taking those things anymore. <laughs> so, that's what we get for talking about vitamins and minerals when we probably shouldn't have been. But now I've cleared my conscience, and I feel like, feel like I've, I've righted a wrong. Yes. Uh, we always clear errors at the start of the show, and now we can begin the show proper. It's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron Chad. Hey, it's us. It's us with opinions that are cheap. I feel like I slurred a little. I'm not that drunk. I only had a drink, and I might not have another. I might have another. I kind of want another. Water first. Cameron, we're doing Music Club, which is fucking awesome. Music Club is our favorite quarterly tradition. It is, and I'm glad we, we keep it kind of sparse, and we try different things with it to keep it fresh and fun, because uh, uh, I'm not bored of it, but I don't want to turn this into like a music podcast where that's all we talk about, even though... We, we could, I, I, we, but we won't. So, do you want to remind the lovely listener, uh, Richard, what, what, what the, the gimmick was this, this week? So, this week, we, we decided to pick a very specific approach to our own histories. And we chose our album that was the first time we bought an album with our own money. Which, in our case, was a CD-ROM. Yes. I bought a CD-ROM uh, yesterday, actually, when I was at Target. I got I got a Taylor Swift album. The only albums you can buy at Target are Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, and, like, I think some K-pop. And then it's it's a bigger vinyl section than, than the compact disc section, which doesn't really exist anymore. And then the vinyl section's not that big either. I... It makes me sad, but I did get a Taylor Swift album, and I, I was happy to find that in the wild. What were we, oh, what were we talking about? We're old? We're not that old. My, no, we're the not. The first album I bought wasn't a, uh, a, a cassette tape. Man, I, I used to have a cassette player. I, have I talked about that? Oh, yeah. No, I did, too. Okay, good. But it, that wasn't what I bought with my own money. That's the no, point. No, no, no. That was a... Yeah, yeah. That was like a gift. That was a hand-me-down. Was yours a yellow I, Walkman that was, like, shaped like a fucking brick? No. I had, like, a little, uh, like, a little proper radio. Okay. And, boy, oh, boy. 
I want to say I've owned a total of maybe four cassette tapes max. I never owned any... I mean, I I had cassette tapes, but I never, like, went out and bought them. I had a cousin who had a big boombox, and he could record from CDs or the radio to a cassette. And so he would make me mixtapes, and that's what I would listen to until I got a CD player and then bought my own CDs. But I never actually bought any cassettes. Yeah, it's so, like, as soon as MP3 players became a thing, it's so weird to, like, explain to a young person how, like, you have, like, a playlist of 10 songs you like, but that has to stop at 10. That, yeah. That's the maximum. <laughs> that's your mixtape. It's not, like, all the songs you put on, like, a running playlist. It's like, no, you get to carry these with you, and that's it. Or if you're ripping from the radio, you're like, okay, I want to not get the ads before and after. Hopefully the DJ won't start talking uh, during the song. Because sometimes, you know, like a a song fades out, the DJ will hop in and and talk over the fade out. Or if the song is really slow to build up, you might get like an ad for a, you know, local business before it actually kicks in and he shuts up. Or like if you really want to, you have to call and be like, hey, I want to request the song and hope they play it while you're by the fucking thing. And like it, there was a lot of coordination, you had to push the buttons right, and it was uh, it was an ordeal. Oh boy, I love my CDs. Me too. I have a I have a big collection of oh. CDs. But oh, CDs nuts. Oh, <laughs> and actually, you know what's funny? Uh, f- uh, for Christmas, I think my dad got a total of like four CDs. Wow. Which just seemed kind of funny to me, like in a in a meta level, looking at our um our Christmas haul, we had like a weird theme of like old fashioned stuff. Because also he got an Alf action figure. That's fun. I think I saw that at Target too. Uh, you probably saw one in this like in that line, but you didn't see this one. Okay. I saw the commoner elf action figure that you can get at Target. Yeah, this was the Comic-Con exclusive one where he's, like, dressed oh. up for Comic-Con. Okay, that's But it's cool. the same figure. They just sort of, like, they repainted stuff and gave him an extra hat and a bag. Oh, uh, okay. Um. <laughs> like you do. Like you do. Um. Let me see. So... Do you want to go first or should I? Because actually, you know, it's funny. Um, we're saying how much we love these episodes and we love talking about music. We love sharing music and, and these stories. But also when when you picked yours and I picked mine, I was really optimistic about it. And then after the past couple weeks of listening, it's like, I don't know how to talk for an hour about both of these. I don't either. So um, what, <laughs> let, do you want to go first or should we uh, or should uh, I? I can go first. I, I I wrote a lot of notes about mine, but they're kind of the same notes over and over. So I uh I picked the album uh 13 Ways to Bleed on Stage by Cold, which was their technically their second album, but like their big uh the one that kind of put them in the limelight, uh that got a lot of radio play and and made them vaguely popular as like a post grunge alt metal. I'm not really sure what genre this is. Uh I've seen new metal thrown around, but to me this is like it's not at all. Like, there's no trappings of new metal. Uh, I think it's probably more like post-grunge. But it, it's a, it's an album I, I revisit once in a while. 
so I'm not like unfamiliar with it, but it was the first time I listened to it with my good headphones, which was really fun. Uh, and actually really getting to immerse myself in like the mix uh, because I think the mix on this is really is really good. But trying to like listen to it critically, like I got to the baby song eight and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, this is this is this album. There's like five more to go. Does there <laughs> does this need to be 13 songs? Maybe not. Do I like all the songs? Yes. But I feel I, like it doesn't do a lot of new stuff past like song six. Yeah, so I, uh, the first time I've listened to this album, I want to say it was all very listenable. Like, it was, like, it was good. As soon as I started, it's like, okay, I can do this. And all through the tracks, I I did enjoy them all. There is, like, a similarity. It's like, yeah, it's more of this. But I can tell you, like, so I, I listened to it a couple times. But I also, um, you know, I like to listen, like, while I'm doing an MMO or, or something. So for Raid Night, I we played this. Oh, cool. and I had it on in the background while we're doing raid fights. And I'm really focused on the gameplay and uh team callouts, and this is on in the background. So I'm not like properly listening to it, and it fit perfect. And it's the kind of thing where I could picture putting this in a CD and working on a model or working on a car or you know painting the garage or something and it's like you don't have to pay attention to it and you don't have to get like deep or think about the lyrics or whatever it's just sort of running and time passes yeah and it's very much one of those kind of albums um but that's certainly not a knock against it yeah i i like that kind of music i i would i would put this like i've listened to this so much i know a lot of like the songs by heart cuz i mean if this is i've had this album since like 2001 Right, so I've definitely uh, put it through its paces, but it, it is very like an encapsulation of like that kind of rock and roll that would be played on the radio. Where it does, it has a very strict formula. It has a pretty strict soundscape. There are things going on that I think are in its favor that are really cool. Like there's some really atmospheric verses where things kind of strip back, and you get some interesting instruments in the background. Or, like, the guitar tone gets really weird and kind of airy, or there's some piano. Uh, and so I, I think, like, that is a, a neat aspect to this album. That it, it's playing around um, with atmosphere, it's playing around with tone a bit. I think the guitar tones are really good. The choruses are all, like, super catchy. Usually once those would kick in, like, I'm, like, listening to it, I'm just, like, singing and not even meaning to. But I'm like, yeah, but I know the words, and I, I, I always sing to the song, so I guess I might as well do that again right now. Um... So it has it has that going for it. I, I some of the lyrics are are whatever, and then some are also like really good. Uh, it's just kind of like song dependent, um, but that's also like kind of not unheard of of this kind of like radio music. So I want to ask: uh, Would you say you have a favorite song on this album? Um, it's either "Just Got Wicked" or "Send in the Clowns," because I think it. It's like, uh, like you said, there's kind of like a similarity across the board and it feels like, yeah, it's more of this, but also you can pick them out. Like each song is its own song, even yeah. though the style is there. I want to say Just Got Wicked is probably my pick. I, I listened to that and I was like, I should do this in furry karaoke because Just Got Wicked is like not that hard oh, to yeah. sing or scream. Like That'd it's be fun. Um, I do like it's all good. Just that the opening line of like take another motherfucking hit of LSD is such a 
it's such a powerful opening line. And like when I was a kid and didn't really know what LSD was other than it was bad and you weren't supposed to do it, you know, like it's so edgy. But also there's a lot of drug use and drug imagery and like alcoholism in the front half of this album. Uh, and I know the the band, the singer especially, like went through. Uh, he He had a rough time with the drugs. And uh, I think it's pretty apparent here. I remember the first time I heard Sin in the Clowns and I was like, oh my god, all these like creepy ass clowns are coming around. It's like, no man, this is about like drug dealers and, and drug users. I was just, you know, seven or eight and didn't know man, I didn't know any better. I yeah, I love I love like being literally just like young and innocent and listening to some of the stuff where it's like when you're an adult or you just understand things differently later and you're like, oh. I was I was really impressed with the mix of this album. Like, this is the first time I ever listened to it with, like, a really good sound system. And uh, everything sounds really big. The, the, the bass guitar sounds really good. The kick drum is really good. There's a lot of neat, like, panning and kind of, like, sonic stuff going on and just, like, little noises in the background that with, like, crappy earbuds you don't hear. And and so I really enjoyed my listen this week of this album. Uh, just, like, it felt like kind of like I was hearing it for the first time, but also not. You know, it had that that level of uh, of revisiting that I found really yeah. special. And so, like, just the act of doing that was a huge highlight for my week. And I'm like, God, there's so many albums I really should go back and listen to on these headphones. Um, I was talking to uh, someone in my vocal discord because I, I linked to songs like, yeah, I'm listening to this and the mix is great. And he's like, oh yeah, this is good. He goes, I was really mad. I invested in a high-end sound system, but all my black metal and death metal sounds worse. And he's like, I can't believe how poorly mixed most of like my favorite genre is. <laughs> and it's fucking yeah. true. It's yeah, fucking true. we talked about that. Yeah, then you know, I listen to like a pop song on these headphones, and it's like transformative. And I listen to a deathcore song, and it's like, oh, I guess there is a bass guitar somewhere in there. Still can't really hear it though. I think, um, I think I've told you about it before, but I don't know that you've ever listened. Uh, no Dogs in Space. Are, are you familiar with that show? I don't think so. It's a uh, husband and wife, and they they basically do like history lessons on their favorite bands. And it's very funny because they kind of have a phrase that they use where there are certain bands that are headphone. It's like a headphone album. And then there's other ones where it's a jukebox album and you put it on like the shitty speakers in the garage. Yeah. That's when it sounds the best because, yeah, the mixing and the mastering is a a specific art form. And a lot of uh, like, you know, punk bands, you know, when they're teenagers trying they don't necessarily get that yeah 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 well and then like modern mixing too and i think i've talked about this but the the way it's approached is like a bit different than it used to be just because everything is so digital and Mm -hmm. can be fixed and everything can be uh augmented you know specifically line by line and so you get these mixes that like everything is loud and so nothing sounds loud and everything is huge, and so there's no dynamics, and it's like, eh, it's kind of you know boring to listen to almost. And then you go back to this album from 2000, and they had to like record this. The drummer is, it's all real drumming. There's not sample replaced. I, at least I doubt it is. There wasn't that much of that going on back then. And so he had to be like a really good drummer, and he had to be on time. And you just get like an energy to it that is kind of missing in a lot of modern rock music. 
and you get these ebbs and flows that is missing. And so when like someone goes out of their way to make uh, a mixing uh, decision that is kind of difficult to do because it's not done the way they do it now, like that took real work to do and they had to be perfect and, and specific. And so someone it was really skilled to do that. And I don't know, it, there's just something to old mixes that, that yeah. are awesome. And uh, specifically with this album, a couple of these tracks uh, had a piano where it's very like, uh, sweet and gentle kind of sounding and it, it's not just the um what's the word just juxtaposition with the more aggressive sounds really it kind of works with the whole balance to just like help cradle everything yeah like it feels like a backdrop that they're painting with the real music over yeah 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 that's a good way to put it the one thing that was weird um the back half of this album he starts like I, I, some woman must have hurt him because there's a handful of songs that are like really angry about a relationship and about <laughs> it sounds like a specific woman. And it's like, dude, who hurt you? And did you deserve it? Because you were on a lot of drugs at the time. So you probably did. He uses the word rape like four songs in a row. And it's like, why? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand um, that decision. It just because it, it feels really gratuitous unnecess- and unnecessary in at least three of them. <laughs> And it's like, well, the year 2000 was a different time. Um, but that, that that struck me as kind of strange. I'm like, do I got to Google this guy and make sure he doesn't have any allegations? Because uh, he, he uses the line, no one got raped here like like two or three times in this album. And it's like, you know, you keep saying that. And I feel like it's not reassuring me anymore. I like when someone walks into a room and they're like, like, wow, you know, all you guys are doing great. I'm so glad there's no pedophiles in the building. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, we are too. I do think one of those songs is actually about the music industry, though. Which even back then, I mean, the music industry has always been bad. But they, they have a the, the album after this, they have a song called Kill the Fucking Music Industry. And it's like, oh. You know, what What other Aaron A&R guys probably uh, hurt him too? It wasn't just a girl. I, I, I want like a, I want to do like a punk album or something. And it's just called like, I am angry about the current social political climate. And that'll be the name of the album. I like that because like, if you did that and then didn't like have anything specific in there. And so like anybody can listen to it, but like, yeah, I agree with this guy. It, it'll have like. You do that in such a way where you're not really saying anything. What you're using a lot of words that could be kind of an entertaining uh, writing project. <laughs> I so um not to not to go uh, bring this up again, but one of the gifts I got my dad was just a patch that you, like you sew on a jacket. Okay. Um, and it's like a military style patch, but it's a it's a picture of like a McChicken sandwich. And it just has like the this like you know marine slogan that says uh, McChicken sandwiches cost more than they used to, and it's the government's fault. <laughs> and I, I I thought it was funny, and it was like a dollar, so I I grabbed it, um, and I gave it to him, and my dad opened it, and he looked at it, and he just smiled, and he showed it to his to uh, my mom, and he's like, he's like, yeah, see, it's true, because he agreed with that patch. I love that, like, that thesis of, like, you know, makes you laugh, it's worth a dollar, that Meg 64 line. <laughs> yes. I, I think about that once in a while. That's a good good rule to live by. That really glad, is. I, uh, you, you, like, I think really about that a lot. A, yeah. 
That's I, I, I honestly like people tell me I'm generous because like I give money to homeless people. It's like I'm not just laughing. Jesus. Yeah, I think one of my lines that I wrote, I was um on the song Same Drug. I was like, uh, this album probably doesn't need to be 13 tracks long, even if that's a fun, edgy number. And obviously, like, the 13 <laughs> Ways to Bleed on Stage is a great name for an album. So I get why there's 13 tracks. Like, hell yeah. Um, but, like, towards the end of my notes there, they get they get really sparse. It's like, hey, it's this song again, but with different words and slightly, you know, different melodies. Like, I okay, still really like this- it. How's this for a hook? Okay, you call the album 13 Broken Promises, and then there's only 12 songs. Oh, I like that. That's fun. That's clever? Question mark? No. Question mark. That's that's fair. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts? I, I feel like I've talked everything I need to about, about this album. Um, I did want to say, yeah, so I was trying to pick out the ones I really liked. Again, it's all like, it's in the same vibe, uh. But what what was the other one? I liked no one a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then also bleed the the uh, closeout. I I thought that's a good like finale to the, um, like it just the the whole album is it's again it's very listenable, but it just seems like well balanced and well paced. Even if it is kind of like all the same and maybe didn't need to be this long. I feel like it's it's still well rounded. Yeah, um, I did enjoy it. I know, like anti love song kind of hits near the end, and it's like a a bit more of a pissed off song than the others before it, and it kind of like gives you another dose of energy, you know, like that going up the hill again and down the hill. Like it, there is a uh, the song structure on this it feels very deliberate to get you to the end. Um, Bleed is a cool song because it, it feels really different. It's a lot more acoustic. It's a lot slower. Uh, I got like the the vibe is different. The lyrics are like really weird and kind of strung out. Like they feel like he wrote those while he was hungover or like coming off of, you know, some kind of narcotic because they almost don't make any sense. And they're like this like desperate plea about like how great art is and making music. Yeah, he sounds really sad. <laughs> It's a it's a really interesting song. Oh, do we want to move on to your uh OST? Yeah, I guess so. Um so yeah, mine was very different. My pick was uh the soundtrack to Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, which is the series and not the movie. I didn't care much for the movie. Did you ever see I don't the movie? Either. I have. I don't really like the movie. Yeah, it's fine, but people put it on a uh, a high pedestal that I don't quite understand. I really like the series. I thought it was entertaining. I've never seen the series. Uh, the soundtrack to the series is very good, though. I-, I did enjoy my time with this. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's also very much like a weird grab bag because yeah. it's like there, there's not a uh, there's not a tonal through point. There's not a genre through point. It's like a lot of different, very random <laughs> elements, I feel. And also, like, even though I like the series and I've seen it a couple times, outside the example of one of these songs, I could not tell you when any of these songs play. Oh, wow. Like, uh, most of them just feel like generic background music while the characters are doing more important things or expositing things and you're, like, paying attention to what's going on. 
and the music's maybe complementing it. But most of the time, it's not like, oh, the the soundtrack really sells this action scene. Like, I I just kind of like the sound of it. Um, I had a good opening. It had a good closing. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> it's a very uh, strange example of a soundtrack that I like. Because most of the time I listen to soundtracks to re-experience a story or to try to get something more out of the story by appreciating what was like woven into it. And with this one, it just kind of like, yeah, I'm in the mood for this song. That makes sense. I think, um, like you, the first time I listened to this, I was, I had a word document open. I was, I was doing some editing and, uh, I didn't really want to listen to it as editing music, but I was like, well, it is a soundtrack. Uh, and, and those can be really good for that. And I did, I did enjoy listening to this as background editing noise. Um, and then I came back in and, and listened to a huge chunk of it yesterday with my good headphones and then finished it out today. And it's a really like a, a grab bag is, a, I think, the right way to put it. Like, I feel like every song felt like it could be in a different genre or like would switch genres halfway through. And what really impressed me is kind of how almost forward thinking uh, a lot of this sounded. Like the first song has this industrial, like electronica vibe to it that I like. I think someone could release that song tomorrow, and you'd be like, "Yeah, this is a really good example of modern industrial electronica." Like it's just there's a timelessness to some of these songs that I was not expecting, and I imagine that this soundtrack was really influential. It could be. Um, again, like this, uh, this anime is very much a cyberpunk kind of genre story. Mm-hmm. It takes place in a near future. For the most part, I want to call a lot of this stuff kind of just anime music where, you know, you could probably throw this into any anime and people wouldn't think too much about it. But there's a couple where it really feels intentional. And like you said, like it it, it seems kind of like a future proof approach to how some of these are constructed. That was a uh, run rabbit junk, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that one's like very aggressive. In fact, I remember like th- again, this is the first album that I bought. I remember thinking like, oh yeah, I love this anime. I'm gonna buy this soundtrack, and I put it in my CD player. And then like it it was set really loud, and it was like a bit much. And I was kind of like, oh, is this like the Japanese version? <laughs> it's not the music I was thinking of. And then the next one that follows was like a little more palatable. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, the the second one is a lot of like, I don't know, old school rock and roll a bit, but a, turned up a little like, I don't know how I, I wrote that is it kind of reminds me of Sonic music, the way the guitar runs go. You know, you you're can right. just like have like Sonic running through uh, some kind of city and it would work really well if you if you took this song and overlaid it over. I don't know, like 60% of the Sonic levels, it would be like, yeah, yeah, this works. This is cool. Then the third song, I thought it sounded like I was at some kind of rave, but there were also ritualistic sacrifices going on. The, the, uh, it's kind of weird that you said you don't remember a lot of the visuals because I feel, I, I think that, um, some of these songs are really visual sounding and maybe it's just because they don't have a lot yes. of lyrics. And so you kind of just fill in the, the blanks. So is, with is Stamina there a Rose, no, I don't well, actually, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I want to say there's a good chance that 
uh, this is Stamina Rose. I think in the anime, this track might just play while characters are driving somewhere. Oh, really? And it's like they're they're moving and they're talking about how we have to get to the building before the terrorists do this thing. Because if they access this code, they could activate nukes everywhere and they're going to frame Canada for it. And we have to get there in time. And it's like, well, OK, but we have to do this. And it's like a, just a car ride. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where this is used. But like you said, it's very visual. When I listen to the soundtrack, and I did this a lot like while I was in college, I would listen to it and I would see things that were not the anime. Like, this feels like Metal Gear. Like, this feels like Solid Snake sneaking into a building and ducking around before cameras turn to catch him. That makes sense. That's cool. Um, But I don't think that's how it was used in in the show. I could be wrong, but that's just that's kind of how I remember a lot of this. I honestly, I want to go back and watch the anime sometime soon. I've been kind of in the mood. Yeah, it would be fun to. Where's Waldo? Um, the soundtrack as you watched it. If if you have like that yes. much of a connection to it, you know. I want to actually listen for it. I found that there was some really neat mixings of sounds. Uh, Where does the ocean go? Had this almost lounge music style singing and piano to it. But then the the drums were a bit more uh, EDM-esque. And so, th- and I think Surf kind of had that too with uh, with flute over industrial. And, and so some of the, um, the really forward musical elements would be these kind of orchestral or traditional or, or calm. But then the, the drums would be not that at all. Or, or there'd be like a bass line that was kind of unconventional. And so there's always this interesting blend of stuff. And I think it's, you get the cyberpunk, right? It's like, how do you, how do you make music that sounds like it's 50 years, 60 years in the future in the dystopia? And I, I think that there's like, oh, well, I'll just combine shit that you, we haven't heard combined before and see if it works. And it worked really, it, it works really well, though. It, it, it does give it this kind of timeless aspect to it, like I said. Um, even the last song, I remember writing, I'm looking for it, like, there's there's some weird, unconventional things, uh, like beeps and boops in the background. But what really got me was the uh, the drums. There's like these kind of like cicada hi-hats that you hear in SoundCloud rap now. That it, it just the, the gulf of time yeah. between this soundtrack and the current age SoundCloud rappers and what they're doing. Um, it is, is this crazy. monochrome? Yes. Yeah, monochrome very much. It's like it feels like future music. So it's funny now that we live in the future and it's like, wow, this feels like today music. Yeah, it's 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 wild that I don't know if it's because they did just like through much so many things at the dartboard that somewhere are bound to stick. But songs like Monochrome and Rabbit Run Rabbit Junk, they you know, there's a deliberateness to these decisions that it's it's like, wow, you fucking called it. Or influenced a lot of people going forward i know there's like a an industrial artist named rabbit junk and i'm guessing his name is derived from this song that could be and that's cool to see too though because it's like oh I, I saw run rabbit junk and i was like hey i recognize i recognize that for some reason that's i didn't expect that i did um, like that we got bu- some bu- uh proper proper vocals and and it was different singers so you never really got the same kind of vocal twice it's, yeah, and uh, some in Japanese and some in English. Yeah, Actually, that a lot was of these nice are in too. English. 
it, 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 it's always doing something different. It's really long. There's a handful of songs that are probably longer than they need to be. But for the most part, it, it is always doing something just new enough to keep you invested to hit the next song. Um, I'm reading a note to there's like a commentary thing here. Uh, the artist is Yoko Kano. And I guess they yeah, they, they basically I think they reached out and they hired her for the music. And they kind of told her stuff to work on. And so a lot of the music she actually made before it was like ready. Like the, the show was still in like early production and she just sort of like started making music. Okay. And so that's why a lot of it doesn't like totally line up perfect with stuff. It's more like here's a, here's a bunch of random things. And if any of them fit right, just fit them wherever you want. Because a lot of this is used like briefly. Like it it's not... Uh, this like uh monochrome is five minutes long. This does not play for five minutes in the anime. Like I, it's I, probably I, like yeah. a good part <laughs> where it's like they they got like thirty seconds for a wrap up at the end of an episode or something. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these like that. I want to say my favorite is Lithium Flower, which I think you've also you've heard me do that karaoke before. Oh. I probably have, haven't I? Yeah, I did that. I think the last time we did karaoke, I did that one. I was curious if you would recognize it or not, since like a VR chat mic isn't like the best quality or anything. So I'm not going to compete with an actual singer. But I was curious if you'd notice the weird tone, weird melody. I don't think I did. I think this is my favorite. It has a cool tone. You know, it, it's it's got this like weird out of place with the rest of the album vibe. It's kind of rock, you know, style. Yeah. Uh, it This was used as the end credits. And I want to say only 20 seconds of it plays. Oh, wow. Like, it, it gets to, like, halfway through the first, uh, <laughs> like, set of lyrics. It doesn't, like, really get to the chorus or anything. Like, I remember watching this on Adult Swim... And it's like, oh, this song is cool, but it just kind of ends. And that was my favorite part of getting this album was hearing the rest of the song. And it's like, this is really good. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, though, I, 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 I remember you doing the song. And I think part of that is the, uh, the songs being chosen that day. There was a lot of, like, older sounding rock music, like Nirvana and, and stuff from, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Like, it was like the th accidental theme of the night. Because I remember saying, wow, people are, like, picking really good songs to do. And then you went up and did this one. And it, you know, kept in with the with the vibe. Because this guitar right now, because I'm listening to it, it, like, this could be, like, yeah. a grunge or post-grunge song. The guitar is rad. <laughs> um, I love that song a lot. I want to pick out my least favorite one is uh, Beauty Is Within Us. Yeah, that one was, um... I think that one showed its length a bit because it's six minutes long. <laughs> it's six minutes. But it's also like the the if you pay attention to the lyrics, it is so like childishly simple where I'm trying to figure out like, did this sound better in Japanese and someone translated it to English without like getting a poet to run over it, you know? Oh, maybe. Like it is so basic where it's like, mother, you, uh, my, I'm sad and it's, I don't like you. Um, the reason I really don't like it, though, is this is also the one track where I can recognize what episode they use this in. Oh, because really? Because it's also, like, 
painfully on the nose. Uh, the plot of the episode was interesting. The government or the military was showing off their new uh, smart tank. They have these tanks with like AI built in. And so they can be autonomous, but you can also pilot them. And they were showing off a new one that was like bigger and it had more range. And the guy that invented the tank and was working on it, he actually died shortly before they were ready to unveil it. So he couldn't be there. And so it was kind of also to like honor his life, but also look at our cool new tank. Aren't we great? Okay. And so at the ceremony, the tank takes off by itself and it just gets on the freeway. And the whole episode is the uh, counter-terrorist group trying to stop this tank because they don't know why it's doing this. They're trying to figure out, like, did it get hijacked by a terrorist? Um, is there something wrong with the programming? Like, what what is causing it? And it's so powerful that they don't want to just engage directly because it could just, like, fucking wipe them out or cause a lot of collateral damage. So it's like problem solving of like, okay, how do we slow down this tank? How do we get it off the road? How do we make sure nobody gets hurt? Well, it's just like the whole episode is it driving down the road. It turns out that guy that died had a disease and he needed prosthetic body parts to keep living. But because of his parents' uh, religious beliefs, they forbid him from getting a fake body. And he had to die young in his like fleshy brain. So what he did against their wishes was he he actually put his brain in the tank. And so he was piloting it and he had some sort of weird impulse to go find his parents. And so by the end of the episode, the tank finally reaches their house and it like rips the roof off their building. And the main character was able to like, you know, infiltrate it and and hack in to like shut it off. And she had to connect her brain to it to like turn it off. And they're like, oh, wow, you know, he almost got revenge on his parents. But she's like, no, I don't think that's what it was. It was, I, you know, when I connected, it almost felt like a sense of pride. Like, hey, mom and dad, you know, look at how, how you know, look at my shiny new body now. Like, okay. I'm still here. Yeah. And it was this, like, bittersweet thing because this also, like, killed him. And it, like, you know, reset the computer so that basically he did die officially now. And it was an interesting episode but while this is going on, like the the climactic finale, you say beauty is within us, it's like a rose. And it's like, I get it. <laughs> Mommy, you made me sad. I get it. That's funny. That that's funny that like the one you remember is because you didn't you didn't like it and not because it was like <laughs> yes. this rad ass moment or whatever. It was not impactful or like my favorite episode or anything. It was like, Oh, all right. I, I also, I like reading some of these comments because on this track, the first comment here is with nine upvotes. This is definitely one of the best songs from the first season. Oh yeah. 14 years ago. <laughs> very underrated song it is a crime how much underrated the singer is yeah people seem to really like this one it's funny I listened to I, this today and I, I don't even remember what it sounds like but also like you know some of these comments 12 years ago I feel like there's a good chance these comments are coming from 12 year olds yeah maybe and I and I think the angsty, like, you know, <laughs> I don't like my mom and I am ugly inside song resonates. 
I, I, I know one of my comments, I said there's a... There's some like ringing sounds in this song that I found to be a little too loud and high pitched for my ears. So like some of the uh, yeah the choices to make it seem more futuristic or fit the cyberpunk aesthetic uh, didn't didn't really uh, do it for me on this. Especially one. the way that everything else in the album is pretty much you know balanced better. I yeah. kind of wonder if this is one of the ones that she did later when they had the episode written and it's like, we write an episode or like write, write a song for this episode. Here's the plot. And, and it was like kind of ham fisted. Yeah. I did. I didn't enjoy my time with the soundtrack though. And it, it was cool. I would never like go like listen to this on my own. Right. So getting, no, why would you? Yeah. Get, having the re and I think you know, the reverse uh, for you, it, it's, it's fun to, you know, it's like homework, but it's cool to, Force yourself to experience something new. Unless that's something's like AIDS, you know, that, that wouldn't be cool. It's cool. Everybody wins. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Um, I don't know if I have any closing remarks. I don't know if you do. Uh, not to like rush us along or anything, but we are uh, no. we're at like 49 minutes almost. Um, I, yeah, I actually, I think I said everything I really wanted to. I, I like the soundtrack. I still listen to it. Um, I think it's interesting. It, it's it's a it's such a weird grab bag that sometimes that makes it harder to listen to because you get these random tonal shifts. Uh, but also, you know, I'll just leave it on and kind of enjoy it too. It, it's a very interesting one. I do recommend. I recommend the show too. Like I, I know you got stuff to watch still, but I wonder if that's on Crunchyroll. Um, I think you would. It could be. I think you would like it. I Ghost in the Shell is weird. I don't care for the movie. I like this series. I don't like the second series. Like they did a Ghosts in the Shell. I I don't know if it's standalone complex two or if they gave it a proper subtitle, but I didn't care for it as much. Like it was fine, but it wasn't quite as good. And I know they did at least one more series that was a little more removed, and I didn't care for that either. And so it's like, I love Ghost in the Shell Complex. If I see uh, like a, a shirt at Hot Topic, it catches my eye. But also, I dislike most of the franchise. Yeah. Um, Which is always a weird spot to be in. I remember watching the main movie a couple years ago. Whenever the, the Angelina Jolie movie came out, I, I, I want to say I watched them both in the same year. Oh, that too. Yeah. And I like the Angelina Jolie movie better. <laughs> yeah, I actually I think I heard that from not just you. And which I was I so, wasn't expecting. I was so flabbergasted. Part of it I watched the I watched the dub uh for the anime, which I think was a huge mistake because some of the voice acting in that was really bad. Uh yeah. but there are parts where you could tell that you know they were cutting corners for budget. I feel like there wasn't enough room to really develop any of the characters, and so I didn't give a shit about any of them. Uh, the world building, yeah, and, you, you know, know, hit and miss. It just, it just didn't do anything for me. With the series, you can, you can like the characters a lot more because it's so like slower and it's like paced different. You, you get this interesting stuff, and also with the smart tanks, um, there's actually a very interesting. I want to say it was like almost the the series finale. It was like the episode before, but. The the smart tanks like end up accidentally becoming learning AI in a way that they weren't supposed to. 
And there's an episode where they just have this philosophical conversation for like 10 straight minutes because like when they they're they're not really supposed to have individual personalities. But when they um when they charge at night and they hook into the same computer to like recompile or whatever, it's like all the personalities kind of come out um within the computer and they'll have conversations. Okay. And at some point they realize that like, you know, <clears throat> one of the guys treats them with this uh uh what's the word? It's not synthetic, it's like um what's the opposite of synthetic? Organic. Organic. Uh, one of the guys treats her with organic oil. And so that one speaks up. And it's like, well, I love Mr. Botto because he always gives me or the organic oil. And then someone else says, no, I love Mr. Botto. He gives me the organic oil. And they realize that they've been exchanging memories. And they didn't realize it. And they each thought they were like the one that was the favorite. And they realized that, oh, wait, no, I was on that one mission, but you weren't. and But I was there, too. I remember it. But you weren't there. And they they start to realize that their consciousness, they share a consciousness, and they also have separate consciousness at the same time. That's pretty and cool. It it gets very high level where at, by the end they don't actually they don't like have answers or come to some conclusion. They're just on this path of self discovery, and then that like kind of gets in the way, and they have to like shut down the whole program. And it's like a sad because <laughs> it's like oh we we almost invented new life by accident. Um, it's a very good show, but none of that stuff's in the movie. Yeah, I feel like the movie, I can't even remember what the fucking story was, but it was like a really, it was like a, a one mission of many. And I, I, I didn't have enough, I think, context to really appreciate it is, um, yeah, maybe how that worked out. And, you know, like, there, there's, like, there's a climactic part in the movie where doesn't she have to, like, jump on a tank or something and, like, rip the top off? And it's, like, she's pulling so hard that it's, like, ripping her own body apart? Yeah, I think that happens. They they kind of do that in this, that one episode that I hate with the, the dad, or no, with the, the son and his parents. Where it's like, that's, you know, that's where it's like, oh, it's too dangerous. Don't go in there. And she has to like jump from a helicopter and land on top and like rip the top off. And it's like, oh, they got that. There's this scene is like structured a lot like the climax from the movie. So it's just interesting how they didn't recycle that story for the series. They like they they said, let's do other missions, but also all the cool shots. Let's reuse those. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't remember what the Angelina Jolie movie was about either. I know I liked it more, but also I'm pretty sure it was like really, I don't know, derivative. It was one of those like, I bet this will happen. And then it did. <laughs> yes. But it, it was pretty to look at and structured like yeah, a bad. modern Hollywood movie. So it, it had that going for it. But oh well. But yeah, that was Movie Club. A fine way to close out the year. <laughs> yes. Um, you have uh, do you have a glad space at all? Uh, I want to say I have a glad space. Uh, it's low hanging fruit to say Christmas. I'm gonna get creative. The other day, it was very cold, and I got to wear my scarf and my gloves, and I went for a walk. 
and I, I got to walk outside with my scarf and I, I have, don't I don't get to do that very often. <laughs> so I enjoyed it because it felt like wintertime. There you go. I uh I relate to that differently, baby, because I live in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, yeah, enjoying the weather and, and being cozy, the, the, that 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 makes sense. Um, for mine, I recently finished my Lord of the Rings reread, and I really like the Lord of the Rings. I was a little touch and go with the first book, because it is a, a slower setup book. But once that series kind of figures its shit out, it's really, it's good, it's fun. It, it, it holds up really well, despite having some maybe dated elements to the writing or the dialogue. Um... I really like the ending though. Like I was I was really impressed with it. It was really like melancholic and all the all the good things that you'd want from like a, a long form piece of fantasy, you know, literature kind of thing. It was it was a good time. Uh I did message Emily and Alice and I was like, Hey, we should do a Warrior Chat. So I finished Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings. And so I think sometime next week we're gonna try and get together and record a, a bonus episode for this RSS feed. So if anybody wants to hear me talk about Lord of the Rings for like an hour uh, you can do that, but the the cliff notes is I did I did really like it, and I'm I'm happy to have read it again. I like Lord of the Rings. One of these days, I got to rewatch all the movies. I, I I say that like once a year, and then I never do because they're fucking long. So are the books. Uh, I so I, I'm in like a little movie club, and we've been we've been catching up on a lot of like high quality movies. We're talking about doing Lord of the Rings, and there's debate about um. If we can get the extended versions to play in VR chat, we might want to do like, you know, like one disc at a time because they do split pretty well. Okay. Because uh, the one guy, he he loves them and he can like marathon them all in one day. He'll just like leave them on and like that's his life. Is that going on while he's like doing other stuff in his apartment? Uh, but to like sit down and actually watch it proper, he hasn't done in a while. And it's like, yeah, we should actually, we should make time, but it's also, they're very long. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's an intelligent way to make time. My, my favorite way to watch like the hateful eight, that Quentin Tarantino movie. Cause that's like a three hour or longer movie is it, it has like acts and you watch like the first two acts and then you, and then you, you stop for the day and then you watch the next two and, it like splits almost right in the middle, and in the way it's paced, it works really well as a, as a stopping point. I wish more long ass movies would do that. Not because my attention span is bad, but because I only have so much time in the day to, to like devote to a movie, and and three hours is an ask. If I, I have just the weekend and I gotta clean and I gotta do grocery shopping and I gotta you know all the other chores that involve existing, or if I'm hungover and I don't want to watch it while I'm hungover and. Sometimes that happens. Oh, what I, I wanted to ask her quick. What what are we doing next week? Did you have an idea? Oh, uh, I wouldn't mind doing some Should kind of Disney, Disney movie thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to like compile we... a list of the ones I watched and want to actually like rate or talk about because I didn't watch I, any. Because like... I want to ask, should we do it like as a tier list on one of those like websites? Um, yeah, if we can find one, I think that would be fun. It's a it's an a nice way to structure the conversation and, and then ideally we won't spend too long on any one thing. Cause I mean, I could talk at length about some of those movies. 
Yeah, I feel like we might uh, cherry pick things we want to talk about and just rank those, <laughs> good or bad, the ones that we feel strongest about. Yeah, because there's I would I would use the full scale, and I and I will say Disney's like hit ratio is pretty high. There's going to be a lot of S and A and B tier movies, but there's also definitely a good amount of F and D and C tier movies. Yeah, and there's a handful I want to ask you about, so I'm looking forward to that episode too. Okay, yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one. Okay, well, tune in next week, everyone. Same bet time, same bet place. Yeah. No, 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 Batman. And, and, and here's, that, here's that cool song everyone likes. Because beauty is within us just like a rose. Nailed it. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.